0: Spiritual
1: There was a, uh, a man who had some challenges uh, with his, his anger. And he decided that he was going to disassociate from society and go up some mountain somewhere and just go inside the cave and just be there, you know, to overcome his anger. And he was in a very serene place. and listening to really good loving music probably like we just heard here every day for a whole year and at the end of the year he realized i have overcome anger so he went back to some of his buddies and friends who was hanging out with them and he announced to all who would listen at ears to hear he said i have overcome anger and they looked at him and they gave me you no know, Quiet, you know. Golf. Clap. Okay. You've overcome anger now, and they went about their business. And then a little while longer later, one of the members of the group who knew him well said, "Now, now, when you were up there in that cave, now, didn't some thoughts of anger just come up from you from time to time, and it kind of gave you a rise and caused you to become angry?" He said, "No, no, no, no. No anger came up in me." I said, "Okay." And then he went on a little while longer, and then a couple more chimed in and said, "Now, are you absolutely certain that none of these moments came when you had some anger rise up in you?" And he said, "No, no." And, and they kept bringing it back every once in a while, and finally one person said, "Are you absolutely one of a certain you haven't had any anger during that time? You hadn't thought about anger?" And he said, "I told you, I've overcome anger." <laughs> Well, that story lets us know we do not become enlightened by retreating from the world. We become enlightened by engaging in it, maybe transcending the world of appearances in which we're in it. But we're not necessarily entangled with it all. And as this week's topic talks about, we're going to stay in sync with the presence and the power and the love of God. Well, in week five of our Faith in Action series, it's going with the flow based upon Eric Butterworth's book, In the Flow of Life. And this week's chapter is about the art of getting along. And Butterworth notes that life is set in the framework of human relations. And of course, while there are conflicts that happen between people, there's conflicts that happen between nations, we see that happening. But there's something that people yearn, and that's to, to lean on, to, to trust in, and to rest in the presence of what we call God. Because we know on some level, it all happens when we relate and connect with other people. Because we all come from this one source, we call it God. We all are one in the spirit. We're all connected by this divine love, which is not necessarily a feeling, but it's a glue that binds everything together, including this whole universe. And when we're in tune with that, we are in the flow. But, you know, sometimes, of course, we frustrate that flow. You know, we get out of the flow and we, we may miss the good, that is right in front of us. And I recall a, a time that uh, there was a story about uh, there were a couple, they were driving to the Grand Canyon. And that morning they were at the hotel getting ready to go to the Grand Canyon and it was about four hours away. And after driving for four hours, the Grand Canyon was nowhere in sight. They were lost, I guess it was before Google and GPS and Google directions. And so, you know, back in that day, for those who, you know, don't know, if you didn't have Google, GPS or a map, stop at the nearest gas station and then went to the nearest gas station and asked them for directions. And they said, well, it's about an hour and a half away and just keep driving in this direction. And they did. And while they were driving, they kept rehashing all the wrong turns they made. The turns they did not make, what they should or could have done. And how they ended up in the wrong place and whose fault was it. Then while they were at the Grand Canyon, they continued to analyze and debate why they had gotten lost. Which one caused them to get lost? And imagine how much they missed out because they were focusing on who was at fault and who was to blame and creating what I call useless and unnecessary suffering. That's what I call sin. There's nothing but that. It's useless and unnecessary suffering. Anyway, it may have been a good time to let go and get in the flow of life. But they were frustrating that flow. Well, we know about that. We, you know, sometimes we can't help ourselves. And even people who are supposed to be, quote, enlightened, uh, get out of the flow. I was sharing about, you know, when I first was in, you know, in the ministerial field and, after it got ordained and went to one of the early conventions that take place and had the ministers from all over the country and the world coming together and the conferences and, and of course, sometimes they have business meetings. They talk about the rule changes that had to be made. And I don't remember what they were talking about. That's how unimportant it was. <laughs> but most of the things that they were talking about, it caused some people to get bent out of shape. And I remember one year, there was, it got so contentious so heated, they were calling everybody else every name in the book except a child of God. And I'm sure some of them were grateful they weren't on tape. uh, They wouldn't have recognized themselves. But I was sharing with a, a colleague who had been around for a long time that, you know, I was a little surprised by all of this taking place. And he said, you know, here's the deal. Whenever you see a human being You're going to see human consciousness along the way. It's going to pop up. I don't care how enlightened they seem to be or want to be. We all get out of the flow. We all sometimes get out of sync with the divine. And all the times we oftentimes in our life, we may run into people maybe we encounter in our work or with our groups or organizations that kind of like rub us the wrong way, get on that last nerve. No one here, but you may know about that. And they cannot seem to get along with no matter what or how hard they try. And they often, because even though they're spiritual, they may throw out all the spiritual stuff. It kind of reminded me, I saw a group of uh, mature citizens. People that, you know, had been around, had full of wisdom and full of life. And they were looking kind of menacing, though. They were wearing hoodies. (laughs) And they had some writing on the hoodie. And the hoodie said... Don't piss off old people. The older we get, the less life in prison is a deterrent. (laughs) And I looked at them and said, hey, I'm I'm with you. Don't look at me like that. But we don't want to go there. Though I understand. But but Butworth notes that getting along is only secondarily has to do with the other person. It's about getting, it's about staying with our true self, it's about staying there to keep the channels of our awareness free from any of the obstructions that stop us from staying in the flow. You know, years ago when I was a, a congregant, at one a, a, of our first ministries after not being inside of a ministry forever, and... Um, you know, Unity and others of like mind were doing some things that were different from traditional stuff, and including, you know, before they legalized gay marriage, they had like civil unions, and we were promoting that, and, and there were some people that came and had a different point of view, and they were picketing the place and, you know, calling us all kinds of names and, and so forth, and I, and of course, one of the initial reactions was just to kind of fight, kick butt, take names, make somebody pay for what they were done. But this minister had, had a different tact. You know, it was the middle of the summer, and it was hot. It was like one of those 90-degree blazing days. And he said, I want everybody to go in the back, get some nice cold glasses of water, bring it out to them, and just give them some nice cold water. Tell them, do you need any more to drink? I'm sure you're probably thirsty out here. How can we support you? And just just send them a whole different kind of energy. And let me tell you. They had sent us so much positive energy from the day, they just couldn't take it. They, so they just left, you know. <laughs> but help me come to an understanding what the master teacher Jesus meant when he said we should turn the other cheek. So many interpreted that incorrectly. That, you know, somehow if it gets slapped on one side of your cheek, then you're supposed to turn and get slapped on the other. No, that's not what it meant. And that would be silly. Every time Jesus talked, he talked about parables, he talked in parables, he talked in metaphors, he talked about sharing transformation in consciousness. So we have to read between the lines. Read between the lines to understand that if someone sends us one form of energy in our direction, that is of a low, excuse me, a low vibration, we don't have to get entangled in that. We can give them another form of energy back. In other words, we can choose who we are going to be. We can choose to name ourselves. We can choose and decide how we're going to stand and what we're going to stand for. So when someone sends us animosity or resentment or unforgiveness or gossip or whatever the case may be that comes in our direction, we become strong enough and decisive enough that we're based upon who we are and our awareness to turn the other cheek to give another form of energy for what we may have been receiving. To do that is to get in sync with the Spirit, to get in sync with the Force. And when we do, we'll be in league with with people who had, with that presence, I should say, that has no beginning, that has no end. We'll be in league with, with those avatars, those people, those enlightened, truly enlightened people throughout history who have stayed in the flow of life and how often they become monuments for peace and wisdom and harmony and reconciliation. You know, Nelson Mandela is one of my, my role models and heroes, and he's gone to the other side of the veil. But I remember when he was first released from being imprisoned in South Africa for 27 years unjustly for his work against apartheid. That same day he was released, he was being interviewed. An interviewer noticed something, and he said something to him. He said, I noticed that even though you've been in prison unjustly for all these years, that you don't harbor any anger, you don't harbor any bitterness. How were you able to do that? How can you show up like that after such injustice? And he said to the interviewer, he said, well, I do regret that I didn't have a chance to be with my wife during those times. I do regret that I didn't have a chance to, to help raise my kids during that time. But when all the time I was incarcerated, I remember a few guards who did some beautiful and wonderful things for me, some kind gestures for me. So I focused on that. And so as a result, I gave out a totally different way of showing up in the world. We did something that was powerful because he gave a different energy from the energy that he received. And I think this is what it means to give one form of energy in return for a low-vibration energy that may be coming to us. That's why it's closely. That's why it's important to closely examine and check out what's going on in our awareness, and ask ourselves: Am I sending out the energy I want to see in the world? Because you know we see a lot of stuff going on in the world, a lot of conflict. Look, Middle East. You know, kind of perilous stuff going on. But I always say that if we cannot do it where we are. In the environment that we are in, there is no hope for the rest of the world. We need to have that as part of how we show up. So in that same vein, sometimes we want to move into the place where we do not even take offense. Interesting, as an aside, Butterworth points out in in his text this week that, you know, if we're offended, then that means we're offendable. If we're upset, we're upsetable. And we're giving someone else our power, giving someone else the power outside of us. But that's another topic we'll talk about another time. Understand to take offense is just as, as, as sometimes as violent as, as to offend. If we understand there's a cycle of energy. You know, oftentimes somebody will take offense. You know, that person said something to me about me. That person ignored me. I didn't like what they said. And we may take offense at what people do or do not do. Not understanding that sometimes taking the offense is just putting as much confusion in the airwaves as to offend, the both the same. But, you know, we're human. But we can get back in the flow and discover imagination to be an angel of God. You know, what I realize is that sometimes when people are acting, how should I say, creatively <laughs> in a way that seems to be out of sync with who they know they tr- truly are. But oftentimes, we don't have any idea what they're going on in their life, what has happened in their life, what experiences they've had that has brought them to that point. And oftentimes I listen to people who have done, had those experiences, and i come to the conclusion that if everyone knew how far this person had come they would bow in adulation of what they're doing right now that seems to be out of sync. You know, we can always think independent of what we're seeing, independent of circumstances. And so we must understand when anyone sends us negative energy our way, we can make a commitment to strengthen our resolve and synchronize with this presence we call God and the qualities And when we make that commitment and to stay in the flow, then the pure dimension of who we are begins to show up maybe like never before. As I like to read biographies, I was reading about Albert Einstein, who was, many of that know, was very reviled for some of the views that he held. And he was getting attacked from many, many different directions. And people were asking him, you know, how he dealt with that, how did he handle that? He said, I've been, you know, had slings and arrows shot at me from many, many, many different directions. But his response was that they have come to me, but they cannot touch me because my energy is not there. I don't live there. Therefore, it cannot in any way harm me. You know, if we're triggered, it's an indication that we are sometimes out of the flow of life. And if we see it from the perspective that we are out of the flow, we might figuratively bow before the persons and thank them for revealing to us what needs to be revealed. We can actually see those individuals that we may see as antagonists as actually being our best friends in disguise. All of us are unsure about ourselves at times, well, most people, unless there's some narcissism there, but that's another story. People sometimes don't like themselves. Sometimes we don't remember we are one with this presence. Sometimes we hide from ourselves. And then what happens, sometimes these good people show up in our life to help us remember the things we need to take a look at. And so we end up saying, oh, we realize that, oh, here's what I've forgotten about myself. Here's what I'm thinking about myself. Here's what I'm hiding from myself. And it comes in sometimes as criticism or dislike sometimes. But they are instrumental in revealing when we are out of the flow and gives us an opportunity to turn on more light. Sometimes we may, not, we wonder, we may wonder why we're here or in a particular situation. And I was thinking back that my, my cousin, Gene, years ago, he was very helpful to me in my life and he had passed away. And before he passed away, he, he he let me know that he was very ill, and if if I would come and do his memorial service, facilitated for him. And so I did go up to uh, Brooklyn, New York, to do it. And and it was a different kind of philosophy than what I brought. And uh, there, so there was a few people around there, you know, the ministerial team. They were kind of looking at me, you know, with uh, in an askance view and. Uh, kind of asking me some questions about my theology and what I believed in. In other words, they were giving me the third degree. (laughs) they kind of persecuted a little bit. And I'm wondering to myself, what in the world am I doing here? How did I end up here? So I said, I'd be here. I told my cousin I'd be here. And I remembered something I read from uh, Dr. Howard Thurman, who was a Minister of a mentor, Dr. Martin Luther King, and he said, you know, sometimes, you know, God puts you in places where they love God, and they love what you're saying, and, and it's, a, it's a love fest, and sometimes they, you're placed in places where people don't know God, and sometimes there are places that, you know, they hate God, or the whole idea of what God is about, and then I realized that like a flash of lightning came into my awareness, in which I said, oh, I'm here to introduce them to my best friend, the presence, and the power, and the love of God. And I began to talk about, you know, the power that is within each and every one of us and, and how there's a soul that goes on beyond the veil. And, and, and all. I don't know what I was saying, but I just was going off. And, and, and they were giving me some amens and, yeah, go ahead, brother, and all that kind of stuff. And I introduced them to my best friend, and I realized that wherever we are, God is. Wherever we are in the flow, then the light and the love of God can show up if we choose it. We're here to synchronize with that life. It means to get in the flow of that life. It means to get in the flow of this divine love. So when someone seems to have done harm to us, we have the choice to get in sync with that vibration of love anyway. Understand, we, we live in that sea of divine love. But God is love. No matter what level or what pathway a person has, most agree that this presence that may be beyond words is love and it's everywhere. It means that if it's everywhere present, it has to be right where we are. We're in it, we're surrounded by it. Therefore, we can never fall out of love. It's like falling out of a swimming pool. You can't fall out of a swimming pool. But here's the key. We can either swim in, 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 in the deep or the shallow end, or we can swim in the deep end. Now the shallow end is this. I'm only gonna love the people that I agree with. I'm only going to love the people that I like. I'm only going to love the people that's on my side. I'm only going to love the people that think I'm right. (laughs) But here, we're supposed to go into the deep end. As Jesus said, love those who spitefully use you, those who persecute you, those who do not agree with you, those who are not on your side. Understanding this, God doesn't take sides. it's only one side. Here, to love that deeper end, and that includes everyone. And as we do, we're resonating with God's intention for our life. And like I said, if we are not able to do it, there's no hope for the rest of the world. You know, sometimes we don't want to go to the deep end. Because we might say, you know, if love means I have to hang around with those people, are you telling me that I have to go and buy them dinner at a five-star restaurant or something like that? No, it doesn't mean any of that at all. It just means that the resentment, sometimes the animosity, the separation, is diminished. And we're seeing how they are showing up. And yes, sometimes you need to just let them go. Let them be in the space where they are and just see them from a distance. That's okay, but we still we want to see them rightly. That beyond the appearance that there is some redeeming value called the child of God within them. But I've come to realize when there is conflict in relationships, that oftentimes we're not at war with the other person. We're at war with our concept of them that we have in our own mind. Maybe they've forgotten who they are. We've forgotten who we are, and we've gotten out of the flow. But we're here to stay in the flow. We're here to court this divine presence. We're here to move into the direction in which our life is transformed by the renewing of our minds because life is lived from within out, as we talk about in this whole series, that life is started within. And so when we begin to transform something within us, people will look at us, and they, they will see the God presence, causing us to see the truth, seeing, causing them to see the truth within themselves because you can never see it in someone else unless you also can see it in yourself. And they'll recognize there's something going on. We may not be able to describe it to them, but what they're seeing, what they're sensing is that we are in the flow. We are in sync with the presence and the power of the God and they see the presence that we worship, that we celebrate. So we don't have to go around in any way, shape, or form trying to convert other people, you know, walk around and get up early in the morning, knock on doors and, you know, say, follow this particular way, believe in this, read this particular thing instead. We let our light so shine before men and women, they see that presence. And so they come looking for you to knock on your door and ask, how did you get to this point? And you'll just say, come on down to SLC. where you get to glow, where you get to shine, where you get to show the presence of God so that we need not convert or change anyone or anything outside of us. All we need is glow, radiate, and shine, and that presence of God within us will begin to show up for others to see. And they'll take notice, and they'll drop what they are doing and dive into the flow as if this ever-expanding good has been part of their life forever because it has what we're doing by how we show up. We're announcing to all, we're announcing to all and sundry oh how magnificent it is. It's magnificent because we are in the flow of God, in the flow of life, and that's how good it is. Peace and blessings. Well, each week we have an affirmation that we take with us to deepen some of the ideas for the week's uh, topic, and today uh, we have the affirmation that's on the screen, and I invite you to join in as we affirm it together. Let's speak it aloud. I lay down my resistance to life. I become conscious of the presence. In divine order, I align with the flow. Well, next week we're gonna continue on our Faith in Action series, week five, on the topic, Giving Way to Flow, which is really about the idea of giving and receiving. And so the next week's color is blue. I can see that, because we're doing the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green. Green is today, blue is next week. I still remember that from elementary school. I don't know what they call that, but I guess you learned that in art, you know, the primary colors. So blue is the color for next week. We have the meditation by Reverend Jenay. And uh, music by Laurie and our Soul Light Connection. So Laurie will be back with us. We appreciate every week that we have our wonderful musicians with us.
0: We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center